0: And now, a word from our sponsors.
1: This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scare Fair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and 25 at the door. VIP tickets are 45 in advance and 50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Talkie Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com.
0: And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast
2: Show.
1: Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to The World of MythBits. Bits. You made an excellent choice.
2: Welcome to The World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 152. Welcome. So, again, welcome to the world of Mythbits. We are approximately less than a week away from Halloween and thusly uh, from Scarefare. And, oh boy, guys, like, oh boy. I think I've been saying that on repeat for the past, what, five months. It's just, I feel like that's all we've been talking about is just scarefare. But that's how important it is. That's how much of a role it is in my life and your life and Joe's life and everybody in this household's life. Uh, it's been nonstop scarefare talk and conversation. So if you haven't guessed by now, there's really no housekeeping uh, just to remind you that scarefare is coming. It is just it's, it's Saturday. Oh, my gosh saturday october 30th and you can get your tickets at pcehd.com if you haven't yet which you should have already uh but if you haven't or if you're still kind of up in the air about if you want to go um go go it's going to be phenomenal i am go just to see me I mean, (laughs) you guys have had to listen to me go on and on and on about it, and uh, you can judge my booth and tell me if it has lived up to all of the hype, (laughs) you know, everything that's been going on, the graphics, um, all of that, you know? So, yeah, so at this point, I, I kind of rested today, and I'm trying to be okay with that because I haven't done that in a minute. And so I actually, I kind of had like a a good excuse. My mom had to go to urgent care because she was having some really weird ickies. And so obviously, if you you should know by now the kind of person I am, I'm very anxious all the time. <laughs> I'm working on it. I really am. It's not like I I wake up and I'm like, you know what? Sounds like a good idea today. I'm gonna spend it, you know, just a a ball of anxiety. It's not fun. Trust me, and and you get to live with me, and and.
0: there's a Stoics morning for you. <laughs> Cut through the anxiety. You wake up, you write three pages. You write all your thoughts down in three pages, and that clears the rest. For That's actually creativity. a really good idea. What is it's 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 a Stoic technique.
2: That, well, I do it at night. I don't write three pages, but I do my gratitude. So it's like my I have a journal and I'm actually I need to get a new notebook before I go to bed. I sit down and I write out my my gratitudes and I write out my my plans for the next day. And that works for me. But I do like the idea of like jump starting your day with just just writing out like your thoughts, you know, like even just bullet pointing like random thoughts. I would probably type it just because I'm a really fast typer and my thoughts translate better when I'm typing cuz I'm too I'm too slow when I when I write longhand. So I I would probably. I can do 90 words per minute. I
0: think you should uh, uh, try to do it in longhand. Like longhand, say, because, I agree. Well, I was saying cuz longhand because the stuff I want to keep, I'll type into my phone. All right, so stuff that I gotcha. want to keep, I'll type on the phone. Anything else that I'm, I just throw away ideas. It all gets written down. Well,
2: i I don't like t- I don't like writing on my phone. So honestly, like if you and I are ever corresponding, chances that I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like I don't know. I I don't know why I don't like thumbing the little tiny keyboard on my phone. I hate it. So and like I said, I think it's just because like my brain goes so much get your faster. Go,
0: get you a sidekick. I know, I things.
2: do miss that. Like, and I have tried, I have tried, oh my gosh. Anyway, so I, I like even like in, in just like random emails, <laughs> like, you know, I I sit at the computer. I don't like responding from my phone. Anyway, point is that is a very good idea with the you know, just just throwing all of your thoughts. Onto three pages in the morning. I feel like it is a good idea to uh put all of your ideas onto a couple pages first thing in the morning because then again, I'm really you're you're a morning person. I am not. I, I was actually reading an article about well, no, I'm gonna take that back. It wasn't an article. It was just a little blip.
0: A Buzzfeed article.
2: Maybe. I don't remember where <laughs> I saw it. So take it with a grain of salt, you know, as with everything that I don't have. If I, if I do not designate, like, oh, here is then in the New York
0: Times it'd be good.
2: But it's how like it's it's a matter of evolving how uh like there are factually like night owls and uh what what would do we call you freaks? Uh the morning the morning people, early birds, um <laughs> weirdos. Uh because our bodies are, in this this part I do know, our bodies are not, not meant to sleep for long periods of time. So, like, the eight hours, that's actually just a myth. We're supposed to break up our sleep habits. Um, and that's where you get the most fulfillment out of your rest is by having a more, spor- not sporadic, but periodic sleep habits. So, you sleep, you know, for, like, three, four hours, and then you wake up, do some stuff, go back to sleep. And that's how... We've always done it, so our caveman brain, you know, that was how we did it. Obviously, because when you're nature, you know, nature versus predator, uh, so to speak, uh, you had to synchronize, right? So you had the 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 watchmen essentially, and people who were on alert at certain points throughout the 24 hour period. So for like night owls, it's just a instinct to be on on guard at nighttime same with you you morning freaks that's why
0: i don't fit in the evolutionary scale <laughs> because i don't even use an alarm clock i just go to sleep when i want to and i wake up when i want to and it's all within the same amount of time so it's not like i go to sleep and then in the old it's like oh i'm so tired i need a nap or like these days these days anyways it's a new <laughs> game you know and uh
2: yeah, but you you are a jack of all trades, right? So, and you ha- you constantly have had to, you know, in in your life, readjust your schedule. So you've you know worked from like four a.m. till you know three o'clock p.m. You've worked. Uh, graveyard shifts, <laughs> you had all of that. So maybe people like that were the ones who were, like, relied upon the most. Yeah, and
0: then I'm going to argue, too, that human I don't, like, dude, there's no way people were supposed to have the graveyard shift. Like, that... I would do a graveyard that, shift. like, literally, like, chopped off some of my psyche.
2: Like, I, a little I, bit. I'm but pretty see, sure I left a little
0: that bit that can somewhere. go back
2: to that brain, right? Yeah, I that know. can go back to that theory of the, the predator. You, you know, inherently grew up or not grew up, but you inherently were at some point your aunt through ancestry through your blood were a daytime person.
0: Dude, there's no there's no doubt about that. Like, look at the size of my hands. (laughs) Right. These (laughs) these are hunter hands, buddy.
2: (laughs) We haven't gotten all the Neanderthal out of you.
0: I got all the Neanderthal just (laughs) chilling. Take a look. Take a look at our uh, photo that we have on the podcast. Just take a look at the size of that hand against my head. You know, it's like you know what? I've are never your, realized this before, but you know what? That is a pretty big hand.
2: Are your hands bigger, or is your head small? I don't know.
0: <laughs> that's where the Neanderthal kind of, you know, kinda, that's I the have, rather question for Neanderthal. It's like I don't know if the brain's there. I don't know. No, no, no. I am. F-
2: I'm five foot five. My brother is about five foot ten to six foot. I don't know. He's he's taller than me. Where our hands are exactly the same size, like exactly. So I think that's kind of funny. But I also have a big head. I have a really big head. I'm I'm just I don't know. Okay, so let's. That's
0: that's why you're that's why you're smarter than myself because you have a, a luscious brain and I have lar- <laughs> I have large. You <laughs> have the Neanderthal. I brain. have large <laughs> hands for. Doing things, (laughs) (laughs) and you know what? You have the brain to say, "Hey, you know what? I bet I could get this guy to do things."
2: Maybe that's how it happens. Maybe I my I use my brain (laughs) coercion. Going back, that's life. (laughs) Going hey, going back to a ball of anxiety. So yeah, I'm I'm a very uh, high strung, high strung person. Um, I guess we could call it. And so I don't remember the point I was going to make with this. Honestly, I just know it was Scarefare. That's right. So every every ounce of my energy has been going into Scarefare for the past. I did the math. Realistically, it's been two years because right after PCE in 2020, that feels like 15 years ago, (laughs) right after PCE, we kind of started getting ready for the next round and we were already in talks for scare and pce the following year what was supposed to be several months back and so like i think it was it was, a it was just a couple weeks after and we actually had we went and had a meeting for it right we sat down with everybody and we had an actual physical meeting for pce yeah, it was
0: like a year and a half ago yeah
2: it feels so like times. forever ago yeah, that was forever ago, and so I've been pretty much from then I've been wor- I've been working, and I used you know quarantine to put all my attention on getting stuff made, <laughs> drawn, ready, etc. Because we didn't really know when we were going to be able to kick back up. You know, we didn't know when the next convention was going to be. We could have we could estimate. But things were were changing so rapidly. <sighs> Here we are, October Scarefare. Um, which, you know, of course there's you know the emotional attachment for me because you know I'm high strung and emotional. Yay, great combination. Um, <laughs> the emotional the emotional tie is. I mean, there's so much to it, but you know it's it's kind of putting. All my eggs in this one basket, you know, where it's like I have a couple other cons coming up, but I'm most eager for this one, you know. And it's because not only have I been heavily involved in, you know, doing my part, you know, with the graphics and everything like that, because that is that's, you know, I'm sorry is a big part for me. Sorry, not sorry, I should say. Um and making sure that we are as legitimate visually as possible. Yeah, it's, I, like, part of me dreads it, part of me honestly dreads it, because when it's over, you know, it's it's Halloween. Halloween, I, Halloween is every day for me, of course, you know, I'm, I'm that person, but Halloween, you you get so stoked, you get so excited for it, and then it Passes. It's like you know November first, and you're like, "What now?" <laughs> Christmas, all these big deals, and yeah, I, um, that really sucks. But the minute, like Dave, flat out told me, he's like, "You can rest for a minute." Uh, but we're going to be jumping back into, you know, PCE right after. So I'm like, oh, yay. You know, which on one hand is good because I cannot wait. You know, you've heard me say it time and time again. I cannot wait for October 31st. And I'm just going to crawl into bed and we're just going to watch spooky movies. And, (sighs) okay, so anyway, yeah, Scary Fair is less than a week away. And, you know... Because I feel really bad, you know, because we've been putting so much mental power into Scarefair for the past several months. I feel like I haven't been able to really give my whole self to the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, because I feel like I'm, I'm constantly compromising my thoughts, you know, right before we were doing this, I was I, I was drawing, you know, and right after we do this. I'm gonna get back to drawing tomorrow. I have to do some watercolor. Uh, I have to remember if I use tissue paper or tracing paper for something. I have to test out certain things. Like, and this is just this is my this is my high strung brain. Uh, <laughs> the the joys. So everything's gonna have to check his balances. Point is, with the podcast, I I don't know. I personally in, am enjoying this like. Less, because <laughs> we've tried. We've tried formats. We've tried different formats. You know where it's like we can just kind of loosey goosey chat, or um trying to do things more structured. Trying to do all of these different things. Um, I feel like lately, I-, I feel like it's been pretty good. You know what I mean? Like you're on a totally different schedule now than you were a couple months ago. Point is, yeah,
0: that was definitely a better, better schedule on there you know be able to get things done
2: constantly trying to play around with how best to deliver an entertaining show every week you know outside of the reviews which we know are like the the biggest hyped episodes so with halloween on the horizon um and scare uh you know and and we're always very very uh, transparent with the, uh, the obsessive, not obsessive, the the regular part of our daily schedules where we intake the newest media. And I kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, I have one gripe for the month of October, so freeform right um if you're in the united states maybe canada i'm not sure but maybe canada uh tv tv channel freeform right used to be uh abc family right and they do it used to be 13 days of halloween now it's like 31 days of halloween and like can we can we get some kind of petition going for them to have different films Play on their schedule.
0: You don't want to watch Halloween Town 17 times? Oh
2: my gosh. No, they don't even. Do they do Halloween Town? I did just watch Halloween Town, but I can't remember no. if it was on there. But it's like they'll play Hocus Pocus like 30 times, which don't get me wrong. I love Hocus Pocus, but I don't need to watch it every day leading up to Halloween. Um, like, d- 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 you know, <laughs> like give us Paranorman. Paranorman is one of my favorite spooky time kids movies well i don't think it's just kids kids movies because i love leica studios and that one always brings me so much joy so like i watch that one religiously throughout the month of october but like i hate that we're so limited anymore it feels like we're so limited like like casper or oh my gosh the adams family they play the adams family so much like I get it. I get it. There's not a ton of like family-friendly Halloween movies. Like can we can we work way harder on that, please? They only
0: play the hits. Please. Only play the but hits. But they
2: play them for 30 days on repeat. It's like we can do a little bit of differing, you know, films, please. So that's my life's goal now is to just create um really cool Edgy, family friendly, (laughs) spooky time movies. That's that's my new goal. So that being said, though, I am on my my second viewing of Squid Game because Joe and I watched it once through. Now I'm watching it with my nephew because he really wanted to see it, and I wanted to rewatch it. So I think it's safe to say um, maybe we should warn for spoilers because it's kind of impossible not to uh potentially spoil. So, if you have not watched Squid Game or several other newer shows which we'll get into later, but mainly Squid Game, major spoiler warning. Maybe fast forward, I don't know. Uh <laughs> so that being said, I passionately passionately adore the killing game genre like it's it's easily one of my favorites um a couple years ago my my nephew he introduced me to this game and if you have like a teenager who's into anime and stuff you may have heard of it uh Danganronpa and it's it it's a killing game slash trial slash I mean it's it's a whole thing and it's 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 really fun. It's it's silly. It's a mainly like a visual novel. There's a little bit of gameplay. It it got really popular and then it kind of became like too gimmicky, kinda of like if you also have kids, Five Nights at Freddy's, which started out as like this cool indie thing, and then like icky people like the like just weird fans like ruined it and made it really weird. And like Ding and Rompa really is problematic in a lot of ways, don't get me wrong. So it just kind of the, you know, like it just the then we play. That was years ago, and um, recently, if you watched Alice in Borderland, Borderlands, Alice in Borderlands, Alice in Alice in Borderland, it is a killing game as well, and that one is phenomenal. Um, I never actually read the manga. I want to. I want to go back um, and read it because, like the the character comparisons that I've seen, they're like on the nose. So that's another one totally worth watching, and. I, you know, I, I read the Hunger Games and, you know, we can go back and, and talk about, like, Battle Royale and, oh my gosh, there's there's so many to the genre. Squid Game, it's funny because with these killing games, it's very hard not to have, like, a political understatement. You know what I mean? Like, when we go back to, uh you know, d- d- the the Hunger Games, that story was very political, there's so there's always some kind of social commentary, something. And even in games like uh Zero Dark Thirty or not Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> a Zero <laughs> Zero Escape. Jeez Louise. Uh the Zero Escape or uh the Nonery games. Those ones, you know, it's like there's they're they're silly and they're fun, but there's like weird there's so there's so many facets to the degrees of storytelling that occur and i think there it's just a genre that i think is so fun and i'm so scared that it's going to get ruined ultimately you know it, in and just an americanized audience you know like we saw in the early 2000s with um a lot of asian horror what was the first thing that had to happen was an american had to not even american just western had to remake it. You know, The Ring, The Grudge, um what was that other one, Shutter? Um <laughs> you know, the so much content that's been remade. So I'm super scared that we're going to see like this amazing genre just get chewed up and totally miss the point. You know, cuz I think a lot of people miss the point of Squid Game. Like you listen to or you read a lot of opinions on it and it just kind of like flew right over the head. What do you mean? Uh, heads of a lot of people. Um just not understanding, you know, there were like the spoiler warning, <laughs> the VIPs, you know, they were um obviously very high profile, dominantly Westerners. There were, you know, a couple people of varying ethnicities that were never really pinpointed. Um, but there were several blatant, probably American uh, characters um, who were scripted and filmed from the South Korean eye, you know, as being very pointedly, very pointedly addressing uh, the way America is viewed by other countries, which is oh, that's a whole other thing. But uh, but I think that went over a lot of people's heads. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know. Like, I love the show. I think it's phenomenal. I think the visual aesthetic is gorgeous. I think the emotional attachment is phenomenal. And that's, I think that's where, for me, I get, I get bored so easily anymore. Like, I'm just, I'm so beyond certain genres so i think that's why like you know anytime i see something with the killing game or deadly games whatever you want to call them i get so stoked because there's so many ways you can go about it and there's so many ways you can toy with with an audience's emotions you know because you have you know in squid game in particular you're starting off with like 456 people going down to one, (laughs) you know, uh, that's, that's almost 500 people. You know, you're only familiarizing yourself with a couple because of the, you know, what, what the, the series is showing you. There's, it's impossible. It's impossible not to have an emotional attachment. I just, I think it's so fun and exciting because you can go into a million directions and, of course, you know, you watch it, you get caught up, and you're like, oh, I bet so-and-so's going to do this, or this is what's going to happen, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's so fun to theorize, and it's so fun to, you know, as an audience member, you you get to almost participate, you know? So, yeah, I love, I love that genre, and I just hope it doesn't get ruined. Uh, another kind of killing game, if you're interested in... Um, those i think I, I i talked about it with somebody recently again i i really like visual novels on we, we have a ps4 um and i like visual novels they're just fun and the nephew and i we just played through this one series <laughs> called series called spirit hunter and the first one is uh spirit hunter Deathmark. the second one is spirit hunter ng and and those are more, like, supernatural killing games. And you make wrong or right decisions. But, well, not necessarily right. Just you make uh, varying decisions that lead to multiple endings, multiple deaths. You can kill off many characters based on your decisions. They're so much fun. I love visual novels. And those ones very much have a lot of uh, really interesting, like, Japanese lore behind the stories and and whatnot that I think are a lot of fun. so yeah so the whole idea of the the killing game genre I think is like I said it's definitely one of the most interesting and I think one of the most creative because you can you can really go all over the place
0: like I, th- I thought the show was interesting and everything it...
2: yeah we got to episode six we watched episode six. Last all I can night.
0: think about, like when they have those killing games and everything like that, you can't even think about it. Like, what about all the f- people's family members and everything like that? Like, 500 imaginary people died. Where are their stories, madam? Remember that kid in the Hunger Games when I can't remember which movie it was? It was the blonde kid, though. And the blonde kid. You're talking
2: it, about a series with multiple blonde characters. And
0: he had, I think, he gets emotional because he's all bloodied up, and I
2: th- think he was calling,
0: talking to Katniss. I can't remember where he says, "Well, you might as well kill me. You know, I can't go back now. Right? They'll kill me anyways." Oh yeah, because
2: yeah, they're the yeah right. Um, and certain he, districts, yeah, district. Oh gosh, it's yeah, been the a minute districts since I've read going to kill
0: him, and then like because the they were trained. The Squid Games guys were going to kill him or not, but it's like imagine like you have all those people. They don't have imaginary family.
2: But that's what makes the whole genre so interesting. You know what I mean? Because obviously you can take it in the direction of...
0: Yeah, but you know what's scary? It's a disconnect. It's a disconnect in the brain.
2: Is it? It is. Or is it a you thing? It's crazy. (laughs) Like,
0: there's a disconnect in the brain. where, like, you know, there they go. There goes another one.
2: But see, there's that you know that regard uh very much like the vips who are watching this and they're they're watching it they're in person they are sitting there in front of the room watching people die mm-hmm. in horrible brutal ways and they're just like oh no like i made a bet that that one you know was gonna make me a million bucks like <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know i get really emotionally attached it's like to the-, the media i consume so yes yeah, like for me that's really not a
0: like here's another thing. here's another thought that's crazy like you know that tv show forensic files right and like in forensic files and like when you were watching forensic files and an episode pops up in like those are actual cases Sorry, yeah. and there's a disconnect in the brain not a lot all the time but there's like a disconnect in the brain like oh wow that's horrific But it's like that was all hundred percent real, and you're like, and you, it's weird. You just don't make the disconnect.
2: I think that's why I have like such passionate hatred for dramatizations. I hate that. I hate dramatizations on shows like that where it's like, and then Sarah walked into the kitchen. And didn't expect to see, you know, and it's so like horrifically acted and no offense to the actors, um, you know, they're they're trying to to re they're recreating someone's brutal murder, you know, for for someone's entertainment. The you know, that whole episode of South Park with oh, the murder okay. porn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. That's similar but different to oh yeah it's obviously film. it's obviously information and, and everything. TV and that's
0: the, obviously because like Squid Game is this whole fantasy and but and it's versus not like, versus like The forensic Files not not a fantasy well it's they, I feel it's, like they took it they took an entirely real problem obviously and well yeah turned it into a fantasy
2: well I mean you think I was reading about the debt in South Korea. Mm-hmm. regarding, you know, people our age who are in like horrific horrific debt. Like it's a good thing if you are um around $50,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. Like that's being that's that's being in a good place, you know what I mean? And in one article I was reading, it was Sounds like uh, Oh yeah, it's very similar. Like it truly truly is. There's a whole thing, apparently it's really easy to get credit in Korea as well. And so most Korean, I think uh, in the article, it was saying the average amount of credit cards in Korea for one person has about four, four credit cards per person. And the credit cards aren't being used for luxury items or anything. They're being used for basic goods, you know, just to live. Uh, And so, yeah, like, I think the idea is very enticing. I think it's very enticing, especially for younger people who have to figure out how to navigate the joys of the world we're left with, you know what I mean? Uh, because you do, you wonder. It's like, and you can't help but, but think, you know, if I were in that position, what would I do? Like, I think we all want to imagine we would be like uh, Gi-Yoon, the main character, that we would all just be like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to be involved in this realistically. Like we need to lead in this way but like would it turn out that you know how many people like as awful as a character as awful a character as uh Sang Wu was I feel like he's not that outlandish that I that's the reality of of why a a program like that is so interesting to watch because of course like why do we watch anything it's to escape it's to fantasize it's too you know like you were saying it's the fantasy of it all and you can't help it you can't help but watch and be like what would i do would i would i would i willingly like participate in games that not only would get me killed but could kill somebody else and the world we live in today i'm not going to point any fingers but let's refer back to the 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 shopping cart what is it the shopping cart phenomenon (laughs) Or whatever it is where it's like, uh, you know, people who who put the shopping cart back versus people who don't put the shopping cart back. Uh, We're we're essentially Uh, dealing with that. Like right now. It's basically it's it's an it's an analogy for it's an analogy for folks who don't believe in caring for other people in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Uh, people who you know walk into places and throw a fit over having to wear a mask or something like that, or people who you know walk into a restaurant and cough into a server's face because, you know, <laughs> that's humanity. So we're we're living that scenario right now, of seeing how the the truest colors of people essentially, um, and the willingness to cause harm for their own benefit. You know what I mean? Because what is what is a lot of the rhetoric with COVID? You know, it. and this isn't pinpointing in any demographic or anything. It's constantly being talk, talked about in, you know, many circles is the idea of Darwinism, the idea of natural selection, the idea of the weakest uh, weeding themselves out. You know what I mean? Like we're dealing we're like IRL. <laughs> dealing with our own take on the squid game you know what i mean like except it's not a squid game is a korean show about korean society you know so we can't sit here and be like oh you know yeah it's exactly like that but i think there are a lot of relatable facets to it that like i said you can't help but kind of see and you're like huh <laughs> i feel like there would be a couple mils Sang-woo's there is all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if you can even determine what you would do in that type of situation. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even determine what you would be able to do. You know, at least that's how I feel.
2: No, it's true. And and that's one thing I hate. You know, you talk about the, but like you were talking about, you know, like the, the documentation of certain scenarios, like in those forensic files and shows like that, um, you know, our response is always we always forward ourselves, you know, in horrible horrible cases. You know, you talk about like uh Gabby Pe- Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry, the woman who disappeared on a road trip with her boyfriend, the their YouTubers, right? Um, and then he wound up found dead. I'm not here to to share my necessary thoughts on whether he was guilty or not, but people always say, oh, well, he, you know, if if I were in that position, I would, I would talk to the cops. I would go straight to the cops, you know? And it's like, whatever he did, we don't know. Whatever he did or didn't do, you know, you talk about, like, Scott Peterson. And I'm not fronting, I'm not sitting here saying these people are innocent or anything, but everybody's like, oh, Scott Peterson, he's just acting too cold. He's just, he's acting... In such a weird way, even on you, season the new season of you. They're talking about, you know, I no spoilers for that because that one only just came out. Know, but there's a character where it's like the media is kind of, oh well, you know, he's acting this way. And we do that so often. The the whole, what is it, the the public jury or whatever, the, the public opinion, I guess. We do that all the time. Even uh Madeline McCann, how her parents reacted in the public's eye. And it's like what are they supposed to do? What are these people supposed to do when they are facing something most people could not even fathom? And we're not even talking about oh just the horrible horrible idea of a loved one being brutally murdered or a loved one being kidnapped or you know taken. Uh we're talking about just the media coverage in general. You know, where there's a disproportionate amount of attention on specific people, what are you supposed to do? (laughs) I mean, and everybody's going to react differently to these scenarios. And when my stepdad died, it didn't hit me for a very long time. You know what I mean? Like the first couple months, maybe even like years, I genuinely was just like, I didn't know how to feel. And if you would see, like, honestly, if you saw me, Around that time, I don't think you would have known just because it's like you don't know what you're going to do in a situation that ultimately and it's not like I hadn't dealt with death before. I but, had dealt yeah, with, but you I, know. Yeah.
0: And imagine like how many people were incarcerated or anything just because of the way they did exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Uh, I mean, like the entirety of like Amanda Knox.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Right. About how she was portrayed by the police, the media and everything like that. And she was in jail for, like, four years, something like that, in Italy. Yeah. Right?
2: You
0: know, and that's the whole thing. Like you are saying, it's like, you don't know. And people aren't going to act how you think they're going to act. And that's the real thing. People aren't going to act how you think they would react.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like I said, going back to the whole idea of, like, the killing game genre, that's what makes it so exciting. That's, as an audience, that's what is able to drive this Interesting narrative because you, we can sit here and we can predict, we can pretend, oh, rationally, rationally, this is what would happen. Yeah, I guess. But that's not the truth of the situation. You know, the truth of the situation is people are going to do dirty things, people are going to do horrible things, people are going to do very Uh, they're going to do things out of fear. They're going to do things out of the inability to comprehend what is going on. You know, there's so many underlying personality quirks and reactions that I don't think we get to ever really address in so much media. (laughs) That is interesting. And I guess just at the end of the day, uh, don't assume anything, you know? Don't. Right. (laughs) it's time. I think I've rambled on long enough. I'm sorry. I've been working on a project for a friend. It's funny because I told her, she's like, I can't believe, you know, you're actually like working on it right now. (laughs) Like, like, well, kind of need to. But it's funny because it's like, it's been a very, I guess, grounding job where it's like, it's just, Something that's not all-consuming. So it's like I'm able to kind of use it like as my little compass rose. So yeah. So in the meantime, if you love listening to me ramble on, uh, <laughs> you can visit us at theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at The World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine, and on the Instagram at Mythbits. You can also uh, get your tickets at pcehd.com. Do not forget, we are very close around the corner. Thanks for listening. Until next time.